Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from pastor, realtor, and mom, Heidi Rausch, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this episode, you will hear about the seasons of crisis and grief Heidi has walked through and how she found herself in a season of learning to believe truths that she had preached before, but now on a new level. Heidi shares about walking through times when she felt it's not fair and how in those moments, we can lean into God's character and goodness. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, we'll just jump in. Okay. Heidi, welcome to the podcast. This is actually recording. Yeah, we're recording. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm smooth with the intro. You really are. I didn't even know we were on. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm really, really glad you're here. You know, we were just saying, like, this is a long time coming, and I've been so excited yeah. to sit down with you. I have followed you on social media for a while, because um, we knew each other at North Central. Yeah. Like, kind of, I was saying, like, the outer rings of friendship. So, like, knew of each other. And yeah. so, I've been following you and you have just been like going through so much the last like what four years probably four three years yeah two and a half (laughs) maybe three and I just have been so in awe of just the faith that you hold Mm. onto and just the crisis and the chaos and the uncertainty I think the uncertain like uncertainty is probably the best word for it and so I just was so excited to sit down with you and to talk about it and really focusing on what does it look like to have faith in the uncertainty and in the battlefields of life. And and so, yeah, I'm just honored to have you in front of me today. But for people who might not know you very well, would you just introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. So I am Heidi Rausch. Um, I live in South St. Paul currently, uh, was a youth ministry grad from North Central University, which is where we go back, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And after I graduated, I got married, found my incredible husband who was born and raised here in Minnesota. His name is Chris. And we've been married now six years. Um, And then after graduating, got hired on staff at an incredible church and was a full-time youth pastor for six years. And then actually just... uh, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. stepped down from full-time ministry, really because um, I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. And not just ministry burnout, burnout can actually come from, which I've now come to learn, uh, grief too. Mm-hmm. And just exhaustion from continued maybe crisis, <laughs> <laughs> which has kind of been our life and our mm-hmm. story the last couple years with all that's gone on in the world and then with all that's gone on in my personal life. Um, So I was pretty burnt Mm -hmm. out and and stepped down from full-time youth ministry, really not knowing what was going to be next, and kind of uh, found myself in this unique, like, waiting space and rest space, which was a gift, but also Mm -hmm. so hard at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, Unexpectedly, within that season, my husband ran for office. Uh, I also got a call to fill in as an interim youth Mm -hmm. pastor Mm -hmm. at a really broken church, which was only supposed to last two months. And the joke's on me because I'm still there. (laughs) I'm still (laughs) helping That's usually how it goes. Yes, I'm still helping them, but it's been so good. Mm. And actually, in a way, it's been a blessing to me, like Mm. a gift to me, um, because I walked into just this broken 
church, this broken group of kids, and I sat down and I said, you know, I'm a pastor and I I have church hurt too, right? Mm. Like the church hurt is yeah. the phrase to yeah. use now. And so, yeah. uh, and I have God hurt. Like I have questions and mm. I have real, real, like big things that I'm working through and wrestling. And mm. so I said, we're just going to do this together. We're mm-hmm. going to rebuild our intimacy with Christ because at the end of the day, uh, he's the one that goes with us. Like yeah. everything else is just, um, there's no guarantee. And so I've been walking those students through, we actually walked through the book of Luke this year and then just wrapped up with them. Um, and yeah, in the process of running for office and being an interim youth pastor, being kind of a stay-at-home mom, learning some other fun side hobbies <laughs> and doing some side gigs just to kind of rediscover new passions, um, my husband and I also are adopting a baby. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, I don't know what my title is now, which is why I gave so much backstory. They're like, tell us what you do. I can't, I wish I could just say I'm like a, I'm a marketing manager. Yeah. No, I'm like seven different things. No, Lots of hats, and um, my husband and I—it's been quite the journey. So, mm-hmm. well, you guys really have gone through a lot, and I think what piqued me first onto your social was your eyes. You yes. had a whole eye situation, yes. and you know, going through that, and then it was kind of—it was like, okay, then we had some other things in family planning, and then we had, mm-hmm. you know, your husband running for office, and just like there was so much. So I'm just curious if you could just kind of walk us through all of that a little bit and what that looked like for you emotionally and spiritually and even physically just like going through all of that at one time like you said it feels like it's only been two and a half years yeah yeah the eyes you're so right that was the biggest thing that got thrown at us Mm -hmm. out of left field Mm -hmm. and I'll break that down in a second but to set the stage um, 2020 is a year whenever you say that Mm -hmm. most people kind of get chills yeah you get like the knot in your stomach (laughs) a little bit you're like oh can we just forget about that year (laughs) because COVID and of course we live in the city so everything with George Floyd and church and navigating how to pastor in such a tense political climate Mm. um, was unlike anything that anyone has ever seen before and I just remember the constant state of just uh I, I walked through some postpartum depression after our daughter was born. Mm-hmm. She was born February 12th of 2020. Mm-hmm. And six weeks after she was born, COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And then it felt like after I came back to work, when I was already kind of that crazy first time mm-hmm. new mom and going through the emotions, um, it was a lot of shifting, re-strategizing, and putting out fires mm-hmm. with people um trying to find the right things to say because everyone was really sensitive Mm -hmm. and there was a lot going on and rightly so like people were hurting um and and so that was just that that's the stage set right a lot going on and then out of nowhere um it's the end of summer you know COVID is at a place now where where you, you can go out in public and things. I think people were still social distancing and doing the masks and whatnot. But I remember um, walking into a store with my six-month-old baby girl, Avenel, and feeling like, you know, I drove here and things seemed a little blurry. Mm. Like, 
I wonder if I need to go to the eye doctor mm-hmm. um, because I had LASIK a few years ago. Maybe it's just like wearing mm-hmm. off, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I even remember walking into work. I'm a pastor and sat, sat down in a meeting and joking with my staff like, oh, I'm like having a little bit of a hard time to see, but no, seeing, I'm having a hard time seeing, but no worries. I'm going to go to the doctor. They'll give me some contacts or I'll need like a light prescription mm-hmm. pair of glasses to, to help. And um, my husband actually had to pick me up and drive me to that appointment because it had gotten so bad in a matter of just like weeks. Hmm. Um, it was starting to scare me. Yeah. I had, I mean, eyesight is precious, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We do everything with our eyes and um, we really take it for granted yeah. until it gets taken away. And I remember walking into this eye appointment and um, I knew right away they can't help me. Um, mm. Something is going on beneath the surface because the doctor is taking a long time and she doesn't know what these dots are in the back of my retina. And I remember sitting in the eye doctor room um, and she came in with a piece of paper and she just said, Heidi, I'm so sorry. Um, I can't help you here. Mm. I think what you have is punctate intercordopathy, which of course, the first time you hear that, you're going, what in the world? (laughs) Uh, Can you write that down, please? And she gave me a paper. She said, I'm not the specialist Mm. to diagnose you, but this is my best guess and assumption of what you're dealing with. My suggestion is that you go and see a retinal retinal specialist ASAP tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It was late afternoon. I couldn't get anywhere Mm. in the rest of the day. And I remember leaving that appointment thinking, like, you were supposed to give me a pair of glasses and I was mm. supposed to be able to just, like, walk out here seeing yeah. clearly. So now you're telling me that this is a it's a disease, mm. um, which that was a weird word to use for the first time. This is a disease in my eyes that I have to go see a spe- specialist for. So an influx of emotions and really for the first time in six months because everything that was going on was was going on in the world all the crazy that Mm. I was up until that point dealing with was out in the world and then all of a sudden it was like boom so personal that it was like it didn't matter what was going on in the world anymore I couldn't even didn't even have the capacity to think and care about other people anymore because I'm like this is these are my eyes Mm -hmm. um the next day it happened to me my husband's birthday so we'll never forget the day he ended up driving me around to my appointments um, and I had to do a lot of things actually they they wanted uh, x-rays they wanted blood tests they wanted mm-hmm. all these things and um, that was really scary that yeah. was really scary and when I talked to this one specialist uh, basically what they had told me that day was um, there is no cure for this disease it's so rare and for whatever reason has been pretty common around um, among young women who hmm. who are nearsighted, which before I had gotten LASIK, I was pretty nearsighted. And um, they said, because it is so aggressive right now and the disease is present in both your eyes, we need to get you on a steroid ASAP to try to just stop this in its tracks. And then we recommend doing these injections, which is um, actually what they would do for someone with macular degeneration. It kind of helps stop the growth of the blood vessels in your eyes Mm. um, because 
the the disease, you know, it's an autoimmune disease, and I've come to learn that inflammation is a big root cause of basically all sickness and disease. And so my eyes were inflamed, and they needed to bring that down, right, to see if there would be any clarity. Um, but I was told uh, this isn't a matter of regaining your eyesight. Um, this is about salvaging like what's wow. left. And I thought, are you kidding? Yeah, panic instantly. <laughs> are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Um, it was a whirlwind of a week where we were having conversations with different people about uh, like low visibility disability. Mm. How, what is this going to mean for me to work? What mm. is this going to mean for me, you know, with driving? Um, on top of that, I, I was breastfeeding my six month old daughter, and because I had to go on steroids right away, mm. I had to go home feed her for one last time and then just like give her away to my husband so I could start these meds and dump all my milk down the sink which any mom knows that if you have have nursed before that's the most painful thing to experience Mm -hmm. um because you it's nursing is a beautiful thing so then to to say that you you know be told hey, you have to stop now. Um, That was really, really painful. Um, It was hard on her. It was hard on me. Um, Of course, I couldn't see very clearly. Things were just really blurry in that season. So I started having a lot of thoughts about, um, am I going to watch my daughter grow up now not ever really seeing her clearly. Mm. Like, am I going to go to her dance recitals and not be able to pick her out Mm. from the group of girls on stage? Mm -hmm. Am I going to, right, I had all of these thoughts and all of these what ifs. And um, I even remember um, talking with someone at the district office and they had said, can we send out an email for people to pray? And I almost didn't want the email to go out because there's something, when something so significant happens, like a disease, and I imagine even cancer is very similar, when you type out those words and you share it publicly for the first time, it sets in the reality that I have something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't want that. I don't want this to be real. But I do need people to pray because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, and so really, uh, gosh, I could talk forever about the whirlwind of emotions and things that we walk through. And I, I, I even remember um, waking up the day after all those appointments and the blood work and whatnot and laying in bed. And Chris had Avenel and was doing his best to just take care of her. And he, my husband was staying up till 3, 4 a.m., researching this disease Mm. you know asking me should we drive to Florida I heard about this one doctor and I said I don't know what to do but I woke up that next day and I said I think I'm going to be depressed now because this is what you're supposed to do I think I'm going to be depressed (laughs) I was like I'm not going to change out of my pajamas I'm going to lay in bed Mm. I'm going to let it be dark and I did this whole like it was so funny because I did this whole like inner dialogue in my mind and I thought I'm just going to I'm going to be depressed this is this this is what you do when you've been given news that you are not going to be able to see 2020 again. Mm-hmm. I was seeing mm-hmm. like 2150, which mm. if you know anything about eyes, that's not great. 
<laughs> so I was bigger numbers like, are not that great. Bigger yeah. numbers, yeah. And the second set are not good at all. And so I was saying like twenty one fifty, and I just thought I'm going to be depressed. And I think it lasted like two hours, and I finally was like, "This is ridiculous." I got dressed and I walked into the living room and I sat down on the couch and I just cried because I told Chris, I said, "I don't know, I don't know what to do right now mm-hmm. because I've built my whole life." in having a faith in the almighty God. Mm -hmm. I have preached countless messages to brokenhearted people and prayed for healings. Um, But now I, I I have no idea how to navigate this for myself. I have no idea what this means for me. I don't feel like I have very much faith for good news. I've just been told, in fact, by a doctor that that I probably won't get my eyesight back to 2020. Um, and so it, it was it was a it was a journey. And I even um, I took a good few weeks off of work. I obviously couldn't do very much or very well. I started the injections right away. And then um, then I just got so crazy sitting at home, I finally called the office and was like, I'm coming to work because <laughs> even though I can't see, I still have my voice. So yeah. lucky you, I'm going to sit in on all the meetings and I'm going to give you my opinion. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I brought I brought our students along with the journey and just said, this is what I'm facing and I'm still here and I'm not going anywhere. And I try, I did. I fought. I fought as much as I could. Right. And I kept the faith as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And praise be to God, after a few months in my right eye, it's stabled out enough to where I am seeing 2020 again in my mm. right eye, which is honestly where the healing just came. Um, my left eye ever since and even still to this day has been kind of up and down, up and down. So pretty regular doctor appointments, lots of injections in the beginning um, led me on a journey through looking into like inflammation and diet. Is there anything mm. outside mm. of, you know, these injections that I can do to possibly possibly bring healing? So it's been a journey that I'm still on today, but where I'm at with my eyes, um, I, I my central vision in my left eye is pretty much gone, mm. which means if I close my good eye, um, it's not great. And so I feel like my miracle was like a 50% miracle where God redeemed one side and then the other side I still feel like I um I could use some <laughs> I could use some healing mm-hmm. uh and I don't know and and even that like I don't know if God if that's his plan if he's done I don't know if there's more I sometimes wonder like should I be praying more will then it happen um I've had a lot of theology questions and moments and wrestlings with the Lord where I'm like I just yeah, it's a continued it's a continued battle if if, yeah. if I could say, um, but that initial scenario I know I'm talking so long about this was so hard and um, so life changing that kick started um, a lot of my questions just with who God is what this life is about 
it reshifted a lot of the things that I thought I wanted to spend time on versus mm. like what really matters in life because when you look at your kid and all of a sudden they're blurry yeah. um, you realize that th- there isn't anything else that I really want to be staring at in life mm. than my you know beautiful baby girl mm-hmm. and so um, that kind of started and built this passion of mine to want to be home more and reprioritize my time um, so I'm different I'm different because of that moment right there I think mm-hmm. everyone became a little bit you know everyone grew and um changed a little bit in 2020 because of the things that were going on in our world and even in our state but for me that was really the marker like in 2020 I literally lost my 2020 vision Mm. which is just crazy crazy. yeah (laughs) I'm really curious you when you were talking it made me think of um something that I was actually thinking of this weekend with the single moms retreat and one of the songs you know we all hear it like you're never gonna let me down you know like that's a one of the lyrics in the song and every time I hear that song I don't even remember what song is that I don't even remember the specific song yeah um but every time I hear it, you're never going to let me down. It always hits me funny. Yeah. Because everyone around me sings it so confidently. <laughs> and I just think, like, there are probably some people in this room, especially in a room full of single moms, yeah, that probably don't feel that way. 100%. And there have been times where I haven't felt that way. Yeah. And thankfully, I've been able to come out of those moments and have found the blessing in yeah. the really hard situation. But it just feels like, as you were talking, that's what resonated to me, yeah. is that feeling. And I'm just curious, like, you've talked a little bit about, like, the God hurt, you know, in those yeah. moments you've had to wrestle with yeah. them. Like, what are your thoughts on all of that? Oh, man. I have so much grace for hurting people now. <laughs> um, I think I thought that I did before, but then you walk through something so significant and um, it just gets real because I I definitely had moments where, uh, man, McKelty, I was like, I was like, I'm not standing to sing this song. Mm-hmm. I'm not raising my hands. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you're not even going to see my mouth move. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was challenging because I was still a pastor and yeah. I still had eyes watching me and I felt very conflicted inside um, that the battle I was fighting wasn't going to match what I thought people needed to see, which was this super faith-filled, joy-filled, mm. despite you know, all circumstances. Um, I have, I had to relearn what God being good Mm. meant. Mm -hmm. And I had to break down some false ideas, um, that, you know, for for example, one of my ideas and views on the Lord was God must be doing this to me to teach me something. Mm, mm-hmm. And we that's hear not that a true. Lot. Yeah. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I, I'd never been told that. Mm-hmm. I just, for whatever reason, that was kind of my posture through some of the hard stuff that we went through. And um, God's goodness is all about his character and his character is unchanging and his goodness in reality from what we know of him through scriptures um, it has nothing to do with my lack of 
or surplus of blessings, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And quote, I'm going to say blessings with my quotation <laughs> fingers. <laughs> um, because if things are going well, we often think, well, God is good. Life is good. Right. He looks yep. at us as being yep. good kids. And if things aren't going well, then he must be either trying to discipline us. He must be trying to get across a message. Um, the reality is God is because he He literally is. Mm-hmm. Like that is a definition of God. Good. Yeah. Good. The world experiences brokenness all by itself. Mm-hmm. Without without God intervening, I mean it just it just happened. Sin just it came because of the free will, and we know that, right? Um, Satan fell because even the angels had the free will, and mm. pride crept in, and and we just now we have messes all over. Um, I think then after answering that and going, okay, God is good no matter what. Then there comes the question. Well, then why doesn't he do something, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Why doesn't he take away the pain? Why doesn't he intervene? Why doesn't he heal? Um, And that is a question most people ask about something in their life at some point or another. Yeah. And I think what bothers me the most is that I want to have an answer, but there there is no answer. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I remember listening, actually, to a podcast. at some point in this journey and someone had used the phrase and made the comment, you know, why is this happening to me? And someone in their life had reversed it and said, well, why not you? Mm. I didn't like hearing that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. I didn't like hearing that, but it did make me go, okay, so what makes me so special and privileged to not experience pain and suffering or a loss Hmm. or a diagnosis. Hmm. I am not immune, unfortunately, um, to the brokenness of this world. Mm -hmm. And I want to be. And I think sometimes we have this idea that when we enter into a relationship with Christ, that we have this immunity now to all sorts of bad things when, in fact, I I think, you know, our target actually gets bigger. I was going to say, we're a target. (laughs) spiritual warfare is real. And just Mm -hmm. as much as I believe in the great grand miracles of God, I have to believe that there's also a very real enemy out there to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't think we mentioned that enough in the church to be reminded that this is a battlefield. Um, And is my eye disease, was that caused by Satan? I don't know. Like, I'm not going to go into the depths of is this a spiritual attack or is it not? Human, but I do think but it's yeah. a foothold, right? Regardless, any little thing that comes my way, the enemy is going to try to amplify that yep. to get me to ultimately walk away. Yeah, and that was that was the crossroads that I came to over and over again. If I can just be candid on yep. here, yeah, where I was like, I want to throw in the towel and be done with Christianity because I'm not seeing the benefit right now. I'm not seeing any reward. I'm not seeing any healing. I'm not seeing all the things that I've even preached and talked about over the last several years. I'm not seeing that. 
So I feel like it would honestly just be easier if I walked away and became an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> like these are the very real thoughts, yeah. right? So yeah. again, the enemy finds something and he creates that foothold. The door is cracked a little bit and he wants to see how much he can just swing it wide open so that you fall into some new temptation or sin pattern um, or, or dark hole that just keeps you away from every good person yeah. in your life. Like it's just a real battle. And so um, I had to come to a point and thank goodness for people in our lives that don't give up on us. That's yeah. the key here. Like yeah. if you have someone in your life that's struggling, don't give up on them. You might be so annoyed with their story. <laughs> you might not want to ask them anymore how they're doing because of it's the same answer every time, but don't give up on them because that was kind of the, the little thread of hope that kept me going. Hey, ladies, you and all your female friends, family, neighbors, and church community are invited to the largest Bridge in the Gap party of the year, the 2023 Thrive Conference. Join us this October 6th and 7th at the Mayo Civic Center in Rochester, Minnesota, for a weekend with incredible speakers like Annie F. Downs, Bianca Juarez Oltoff, Hosanna Wong, Gabrielle McCullough, MCs like Susie Larson, Amber Gerstman, Portia Allen, Pam Steinley, and worship with Emmanuel Live. We'll also have the Thrive After Party with shopping, food, and activities, as well as the appetizers for dinner with Hosanna Wong on Friday night, lunch with speakers on Saturday, more shopping, the Hope Project feature, and other surprises. This year's theme is called Pursuit, which is focused on pursuing the Word of God. This event is for women ages 12 and older. We have special pricing and exhibitor pricing at btgthriveconference.org, and groups of 40 or more to register by September 1st will receive group seating. Also, as a special gift to this year's 2023 high school graduates, we want to invite you to attend for free. That's right. If you just graduated from high school, email us at info at mnbtg.org to request your coupon code for a free Thrive Conference ticket. Register to join us at btgthriveconference.org. We can't wait to see you there. But God, God was all that I had left, right? So then there is this point where you just realize you hit rock bottom and you're like, is it really better to walk away? No, no, it's not. It's not. It's worse. Mm -hmm. It's lonely. It's dark. It's depressing. It's and all, you can go through all of that with Jesus, and He has the grace to hold you hand, your your yeah. hand through it. Yeah. So I'm not saying that if you're going through a season of like even being suicidal or whatever, that Jesus isn't there. He is. But I I I have I learned to like bring Him with me, and the goodness of God came clear to me because he was so patient with me. God was so patient with me, is so patient with me. Mm -hmm. When I mess up, when I have a hard day, when I have a weak moment, God is so patient with me. He listens. He doesn't, he's such a gentleman. Um, when I stepped down from full-time ministry, I remember walking into a grocery store and I had all this time on my hands now, right? It's almost like I was going into re like spiritual rehab because mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I don't have any obligation to spiritually shepherd and lead people right now. It's just me and Jesus. And I remember walking into the store, walking really slow, and God was like, all right, now that you're walking my pace, hmm. right? It was this slow, beautiful, like new intimate experience with Jesus. Um, and he was just so good to me. And ultimately, the eternal salvation and hope that we have in heaven, that earth is not our home, we are going somewhere where yeah. there is no more sickness, no more pain, no more tears. 
that's the goodness too, right? Like the fact that God sent his one and only son, that's the gospel message. Mm -hmm. The gospel message is the goodness that gets you through at the end of the day. And what's hard is that's a kingdom perspective to have when you are living in light of eternity, when you are living in light of the gospel message. That's a kingdom perspective. The enemy wants you to have the worldly perspective, which Mm -hmm. is this Mm -hmm. is all that there is. Mm -hmm. Your pain and suffering here is all that there is. And he wants you to focus on that. And so it's a battle of going, okay, I'm not going to put on my worldly lenses. I'm going to put on my kingdom lenses and be reminded that that God already paid the ultimate price. God already did enough for me by sending his son Jesus to the cross so that I could have eternity with him. Um, that That's him being good. And you have to go back to that. And I've had to go back to that many, many times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of that was so good. And I just, I loved what you said about God is still good no matter how much like blessings we're getting. You know, oh, I just yeah. kind of paraphrase what you yeah. said there. But yeah, that's that really stuck out to me because you're right. Like in our moments of frustration, you're like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. And we slowly chip away at what we think is his goodness because of our circumstances. When he's like, hey, I'm still me, the same as yesterday, today, and forever. I'm mm-hmm. still me. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't change based on how much we're getting. So I think that's really important to remember like when we're in our moments of crisis. But how do you keep this balance, really, of when you're going through a hard season of like processing and grieving what you're going through while also having like a future perspective? Because mm-hmm. uh, I think I hear both of those. I mean, I hear some people advise just sit in what you're going through, you know, process, grieve in what you're going through. And then other people say, don't think about what you're going through. Just focus on the future. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to do both personally. How do you do that? Like, how have you done that in yeah. your heart? Hard seasons. Yeah, you're so right. I do think the answer is both. Um, I also think that there is no formula, and mm-hmm. that is so my personality. I want to be given the formula. I am achiever. <laughs> Math was always yeah. my strongest subject oh. for that reason because I'm like, there's always a clean cut answer. This is why mm-hmm. I like it, right? Mm-hmm. A plus B equals C. And um, I have come to realize that faith is not so formula. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Sorry, math majors. Yes, yes. And so um, you're right. Like I immediately after the eye diagnosis, I started seeing a counselor. I actually saw him regularly for two years. And um, there were some other things, of course, that followed the eye diagnosis that happened. We went through a miscarriage. We've been walking through infertility ever since. Um, And that was also like a new level of hardship that I had never dreamed of experiencing. Um, You know, when you go like 25 months in a row with like negative pregnancy tests and yeah, realizing you're not pregnant, you're kind of at your end all Mm -hmm. over again. Mm -hmm. And every, you know, one day a month, you're at a new low. Um, And that's a that's a, a new thing for me as well to have experienced and walk through that. But I definitely, definitely have had moments where, um, especially in counseling, I think that's that's a safe space to really help you process what you're going through in the moment. Because the reality is, if you do sweep it all under the rug, five years from now, it's going to come out in a nasty, yeah. gnarly way. Yeah. And you might as well deal with some of those demons now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. have to. And um, the enemy wants to keep things hidden for as long as he can. Um, That's how people get wrecked. And so I have had to 
learn to be okay with sharing very vulnerably vulnerably uh, with my spouse. So Chris receives obviously most of my word vomits mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> sessions. Praise God for him. And and if you're not married, maybe there's even that one friend or one parent. But I think you have to go back to who is at least one person that I can be super candid with. Now, Chris will be the first to tell you too if he was sitting here. It's like he's handled everything perfectly, (laughs) right? Because there are some times where he's like, all right, we're going to hold on to this word and we're going to think ahead. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't care what the Bible says right now. (laughs) I just need you to give me a hug. I need you to tell me that it's okay, right? So there, depending on the day or however I was feeling, I'm either like, I need you to just let me sit here broken and I need that hug. Or no, this is one of those moments where I need you... um, like the picture of of Moses and Aaron like yep. holding up his yep. hands like I, yep. I need someone like an Aaron holding up my hands um, and and two when you're the one suffering it's not always easy you want people to just figure it out and help you but you when you're the one suffering you need to let people know how to help you yeah. um, because if you don't you start to get bitter at them mm-hmm. and it just makes everything worse <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it makes everything worse and so I have had to learn to articulate and still am mm-hmm. learning how mm-hmm. to articulate this is what I need I need you to hold my hands up I need you to keep me focused on the eternal perspective or you know what I need you not to say anything right now I'm, I am going to throw myself just a five minute pity party okay mm-hmm. I need you to be okay with mm-hmm. that yeah. and I'm going to be sad and I need you to grieve with me so again I don't think there's a formula I think you're so right though both have to happen yeah because you have to be able like you said to sit and process what you're going through or you're right it is going to come out in different ways but then also really focusing on like but this isn't the end of my story Mm -hmm. like something else is going to happen Mm -hmm. Um, like there's there's got to be another a light to this there's got to be something and I've always I've always struggled with this I hear it on the radio a lot when people say like you know if you're going through a hard season it's not done yet and it's going to be okay at the it's going to be good at the end I'm oh, like God's it not might done not until it's good yeah until it's, until good. it's good and I'm like but sometimes your person you're praying for dies. Sometimes like the cancer doesn't go away. So how how do you sit in that? You know, like how do you sit that the situation isn't always good yeah. at the end of it? Like yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a tangent. There, that, <laughs> just to throw this in there, there are a lot of statements out there that people have like coined and used, and I'm like, that's not actually theologically accurate. Mm-hmm. And then that's not always the case. And so then we give our, our, ourselves as Christians kind of a bad rep from the world because they're looking at us like a bunch of crazies. Like, and I. Think I think it's just not <laughs> affirming to what people are really going through and, oh, and sure. in the sense of I am in pain and the situation didn't turn out the way I went. I lost my best friend. I lost my mom. I lost this. Mm-hmm. And so like, where is the work that we can do at the end, the Jesus kingdom work to yeah. comfort those people? Where can we still mm-hmm. go through the pain and it didn't turn out good, mm-hmm. but God is still good. Yeah. You know, how do we like walk through that? And I'm not looking for an answer. I'm totally just like, <laughs> no, these are really good questions. These are just things I'm thinking of. And I guess, so I would love to hear from you on this idea of like, how is it different to go through unexpected crisis versus like planned grief of, okay, unexpected crisis, like your eye, but then planning of like, Hey, I'm about to step down from this position as you know, pastor Mm -hmm. that I have loved for so long and it's going to be difficult because those are two very different things, but they both, both hold challenge and grief in it. 100%. Um, 
I've had a mixture of planned and unexpected, right? So what you just mm-hmm. actually alluded to, unexpected being um, the eye disease, unexpected being the miscarriage, unexpected being infertility, mm-hmm. um, planned being I did step down from my job and planned also being that we decided to run for office mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. decided to adopt a baby. Like those were decisions that we made. Um, Chris and I had a mentor pretty early on in the eye diagnosis uh, story that actually shared with Chris one day. He he came back and he shared this with me. Um, he said that that there's a, there's a difference between hardship and suffering. Mm. Hardship. Um, everyone goes through hardship. Mm-hmm. I've had a hard day. I'm dealing with this hard thing. And to be honest, a lot of our hard moments can can come as a result or by or are a byproduct of just poor decisions that we've made, right? So lack of boundaries, lack of good diet, whatever you <laughs> want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going through this hard thing. Um, suffering is kind of that I did not ask for this, mm. and it was totally out of my control. Um, as we know now, or as I know now, we, you know, when we lost a baby, I remember thinking, was it this? Did I do that? Did I like mm. jump one day and then it was, you know, over? And um, there are no answers. Miscarriages just, they're very common. Mm. And you'll hear doctors and you'll hear very sweet people say, it wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Um, because mom, moms often feel like, well, I, I did the something, guilt. right? Oh, Yo, it's the so guilt is crippling. Yeah, but that was that was something that I couldn't control, right? Infertility. I I could sit here and laugh and probably go down a totally different comical road of all the things my husband and I have done to try to get pregnant. <laughs> and it's like, it is not in our control. Yeah. Literally, we have done, we've done everything right. We've done yeah. everything right. We've done all the different ways, whatever, right? And it's like, it's not happening. It's just out of our control. It's unexpected. It's not planned. It's not on our, you know, agenda or or plan at all. And so um, navigating those it's it's interesting, right? Because there are some things that you go into and you're like, I picked this hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we picked the hard of running for office and campaigning, which was again a whole other story to unfold and experiences. We picked the hard of saying yes to adopt a baby. Again, lots of things coming our way and the roller coaster of waves and emotions. Um, and then I picked the heart of leaving my job, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't fired, I stepped down. And um, that wasn't an easy decision, but I also knew that it was a necessary one because I needed to heal and I needed time and space mm-hmm. to just like get right again, um, mentally and spiritually, all the things. But those unexpected things that come our way, those things that aren't in our control, that those moments of suffering, um, man, it, it felt it felt like in a way we had we had walked through four different levels of suffering in in two years, mm-hmm. and um, the thing my husband and I often come back to. And again, I wish this was a happier, brighter answer, right? Is that there really there really is no way around it. Like you you have to go through it mm-hmm. um, because you because you can't control it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like looking at 
another uh, piece of land across from you and knowing that the only way there is to swim through this muddy, yucky water. Yeah. And you're like standing on the other side. And you know you got to get to the other side. Like you have to. You can't stay on this island. You can't stay here. Um, there's no way. There's no way around it. It's just, it's through. And mm-hmm. so that's where, again, you might as well just go through with Jesus yeah. than without him mm-hmm. because. You either you either suffer with them or you suffer without them, and suffering without them is it's always worse. Well, in Psalms it says you walk through the valley, and I just I think that we like to sit and camp out in the valley. Yeah, but it says to walk through. Yeah, I want to I want to look at the valley and go, okay, God, do miracles, move the valley. Like you guys talk about moving mountains, move the valley, just like move it over, and then I'll walk. And God's like, no, 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 you're walking through this. Yes, you're walking through this. Yeah. And what did your relationship look like with God in those different seasons where it's like, one, we planned it. You know, it's going to be hard Mm -hmm. because I feel like in those times, I'm always like, God, just give me peace. Just get me through it. Like, I knew this was going to be tough. Like, help me, God. But then in the unexpected crisis, I'm like, where are you? Yeah. So what did your relationship look like with God? And I mean, how did their how was their restoration in the end of both of those? Yeah. Oh, man. Um Again, I'll use the examples of the things that we're currently walking through that are planned. So, like, when we decided to run for office, we actually, Chris and I, although it was really scary and I had some traumatizing moments on the campaign trail where I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to do this anymore. People are crazy. (laughs) Um, It also felt really life-giving and exciting and energizing because it was purposeful. It was Mm. missional. And it was like God had just given us the green light made everything clear like even the process of how we got to running for office it wasn't it wasn't a total plan thing like I had left my job my husband and I it was like four days after I had stepped down from full-time ministry we got taken out to dinner by a couple current like senators in our state and they were like there's a spot opening we've heard about your names because Chris has some connections and they were like we think that you should run and we and I was like um <clears throat> no <laughs> like I just left my job to experience like rest and <laughs> We're going to, like, camp, and we're just going to live life as a family. And joke's on us. Like, we ran for mm-hmm. office. and But there was a piece of that where we were so excited because we felt like God's in this. He's He's moving. He's going to use us, right? Mm. When you're a believer, who doesn't want to be used by God yeah. mightily? Like, we're, we're being yeah. used by God. Um, <laughs> and then you have continuous like heartbreak or breakdown when you're trying to have a baby and you don't know why things aren't working you don't know why it's so hard for you um and you're experiencing grief and emotions and all these things and that's not planned in fact our our plan was like man if it was up to chris and i would have like five kids by now you Mm -hmm. know we just we really want a big family we value that we also feel like, God, you know, God, don't you value that? Like, isn't mm. it a good thing? Like, we're good parents. Isn't it a good thing? Like, won't you? Why won't you bless us with just like a yeah. ton of kids? And so, a lot of a lot of uh, heartache and wondering, um, you know, when there is like a day where it's like, well, the test is negative, and or we, you know, go to the doctor and they're like, we don't have answers for you. You could do this, this, and this, but because of everything going on with my eyes, we just we don't even feel comfortable doing any medical Mm. like route with like pills or injections or anything like that so we've kind of strayed away and we've just said well if it's the lord's will then it'll 
it'll happen. Otherwise, we'll just adopt babies, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we've had lots of moments where, like, again, this is not this is not planned. Um, God, where are you? You're being yeah. kind of a jerk right now, right? Like again, my how we very feel. like vulnerable, honest thoughts. Um, but in the same way, like I think God, if, to now in this moment, even talking to you, right? This helps process, and you kind of take a step back and you look and you realize God is using us in both scenarios, mm. right? Mm. It's just we're more excited about being used <laughs> in scenario A, like, oh, you've called us to run for office, than in scenario B, where you're like, oh, actually, you're going to struggle to get pregnant for a while. And I don't know what the end result of that is. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. But God, God is glorified and should be glorified in all things, in all seasons, in the planned, in the unplanned. It's just, it's humanly a lot harder to point to Jesus in the suffering. Mm -hmm. But when you do, I think it's magnified because I, I have searched for stories in my suffering. I have searched for stories of other people that went through insane heartache just to hear them keep the faith Mm -hmm. and say, things that you know I believe and 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 quoting scripture and worshiping and I've had to like find those people put their images in my mind and mm-hmm. go I can do this yeah God is worthy despite X Y and Z mm-hmm. and what an honor to be used by God in this grand story right even though they're suffering right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. God's using it he's using it yeah I don't really want to be the one being used for this particular <laughs> thing but he's using it and yeah. so that's cool right yeah that's so good I just my gosh I feel like I'm just trying to keep it together over here <laughs> like I just mm. can tell so much like just your love for Jesus even in the suffering like it radiates from you and I am just so happy that you have found the other side of it in the sense of like I'm going to share and encourage people through my story and not be depressed in your PJs in your room (laughs) glad you only did it for two hours and you popped out and you came on back out but I just think that this story and this message is so encouraging for people who are just in that right now and feel that it's not fair you know it's not and I don't want anybody to I always say like Jesus can take it like he can take hearing that but he also wants to help you out of it and to not sit in it and and all of it so I just think that's so important but as we're wrapping up here which I can't believe our time is already over I could probably sit and talk forever um what are just final pieces of encouragement that you have maybe for people who just feel like I'm in the vet battlefield right now, Heidi, like I'm in it. This was unexpected and I just don't know how to get out of it. Like, I just feel like this is the end of my story. Like Mm -hmm. what is your encouragement for them? Oh yeah. Even as you were talking and we, you know, we joke and laugh like Heidi only lasted the two hours in her PJs. Right. And I got back at it, but um, I'll just, again be pretty vulnerable and transparent like even even four or five days ago I'm having like a breakdown Mm -hmm. to my Mm -hmm. husband Mm -hmm. and in this anxious state had to get in my car and drive to a parking lot and just sit and breathe Mm -hmm. and I was fighting a lot of thoughts I was 
I was, I screamed, I cried, I sat numb. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm at the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would still say I'm, I'm definitely swimming through the muddy water mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. Like if someone's listening today and they're in the midst of suffering, uh, you need to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one swimming in the muddy water. And I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. That I, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And and to hear those words, I know it's not anything that I did, right? To whoever's listening and they're in their their season. But we need to be empathetic. Yeah. And we need to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um. The picture of Jesus that I have needed most in this season is the Jesus that washes my feet Mm. because I'm undeserving, so undeserving. I'm a mess and he's quiet and he's gentle and he's so loving Mm. and he's so good. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The Bible says that, and you're like, that makes no sense. But it really is true that when you are poor in spirit, you share in this newfound intimacy with Jesus. And it is is a little different. It's different because if things are just going well, great. Mm -hmm. But I have had to let Jesus hold me in this Mm. season. Mm. Most of my life, I thought I had to keep holding on to Jesus, Mm. like striving a little, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. making sure I'm nailing my devotions and I've read through the Bible and now I'm reading it through again, Mm -hmm. the message translation, like all, and and then I hit a season where I'm like, I don't even want to open my Bible. And I had to have someone tell me, it's okay. Mm-hmm. How about you let Jesus hold on to you mm-hmm. in this season mm-hmm. instead of you feeling like you have to scramble and hold on to him? Mm-hmm. Because it's a relationship, right? Yeah. And any good relationship, they're serving and and love and encouragement from both sides. Mm-hmm. So I've just had to give God some space to, to do that for me um, instead of me doing, doing all the work because I, I don't have it in me, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Gosh, yeah. If you are in that season, um, so sorry. And it it is the crummy advice of like, there is only one way and it's through. But just know that however however long your swim is in the muddy water, Mm -hmm. if you do have Jesus, the story ends good only because of our life with Christ in heaven at the yeah, end. Yeah. That is where the story gets good. Yeah. But we may not see that good. We may not see the answers we want. We may not see the healing we want on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's hard to sit with. But um, that's why Jesus changes everything. That's yep. why pointing people to Jesus is the most important thing that we can do. Yeah. That's why in all that we experienced when we ran and campaigned and yeah, there's like a tense political climate right now. Uh, ultimately, the best thing that we could do was bring people to Jesus. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, we got a lot of things to fix in this world. But if you don't have Jesus, then... Then, then, then you don't have anything, and yeah. then the, this world really is 
a downer. Yeah. <laughs> to put it nicely. Yeah. Um, and so keep holding on. And then if you don't have to have five, six, seven friends that know all the details, but you should have one that you can be completely candid with and vulnerable mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. Um, whether that's a counselor, whether that's a spouse, a girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. But um, okay. yeah, don't do it alone. So I think that's kind of what I would say. And then just give you a big hug. This yeah. is my like virtual <laughs> podcast hug to anyone who's Aww. like crying because they're thinking of their own battles, right? Yeah. I've been yeah. there. I've been there. And like I said to you, even just as recent as like four or five days ago, I'm crying about something else that's just not going our way and has been really hard and man it's not it's not easy but thank goodness his mercies are new every morning (laughs) every day yes (laughs) well that was just beautiful honestly and so encouraging for I think everybody listening and just thank you again for being here we'll have to have you back yeah there's so much more we could dive into (laughs) so we'll have to have you back absolutely thank you again thank you Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridge in the Gap podcast. We were honored to hear from Heidi Rausch on Faithful Through the Storm. You can see more from Heidi on Instagram at Heidi N. Rausch. You can also learn more about Bridge in the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the Bridge in the Gap app through your app store or by following MNBTG on social media. We also want to invite you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today and we look forward to being with you next time on the Bridge in the Gap podcast.